Are you a kiddo who dreams? Kinky dreams? Dreams of wearing pants like the ones you grew up with? Well, golly gee, dream no more. Kinky Dreams specializes in printing cute vintage designs of diaper prints, superheroes, and cartoon characters on adult diapers. These handcrafted pants will leave you feeling your full baby fantasy. If you want to get your grabby hands on one of these one-of-a-kind diapers, make sure to use promo code PLAYTIME for 10% off all Kinky Dreams products. Kinky Dreams, making your little dreams come true. Hello, 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 and welcome to Newsies Nook, a podcast where you can sit and relax while I try not to wet my pants. I am your host, Newsy Baby. This week in Newsies Nook, I give you an update on my inner baby, plus how you can help in their fight to stay open. And later in the episode, we hear from an ABDL featured in a New York Post article who says she was never interviewed by them. This week in Newsies News, an Indiana city says it will fine the owners of My Inner Baby up to $7,500 a day if they continue to stay open. The city of Noblesville wants to rezone the ABDL business as a sex shop. Late Wednesday night, the owners of My Inner Baby made the decision to temporarily close their retail store for now. In a tweet, they said that they have filed a lawsuit against the city and filed for a stay from the Hamilton County Circuit Court. They are hoping that the stay will be granted quickly so they can reopen their doors again soon while their appeal is heard. The owners of My Inner Baby say the city's attorney has argued since the store uses the letters ABDL in their marketing, they are marketing everything as a sex shop. According to WRTV, the city used the definition of ABDL from Urban Dictionary in their arguments as to why the store should be rezoned. The owners of My Inner Baby tell me that for online orders, they are noting a delay of up to an extra day while they wait for clarification from the city. They add that while they are unsure if they can offer e-commerce from that location, they will make adjustments quickly and will file orders that are placed. My Inner Baby is asking the diaper-wearing community to share web articles related to their fight online to increase visibility on this issue. They've set up a link tree with the latest information plus a GoFundMe to help cover legal costs. I will put this link in the show notes. Listeners of Newsies Nook can also use promo code PLAYTIME for 5% off at checkout at the My Inner Baby website until August 31st. Also in Newsies News, Crinkles Diapers shared a petition to install dignified diaper-changing facilities for adults in the United States. The petition is sponsored by the Autism Site. The petition is seeking to update the ADA accessibility guidelines to require facilities to provide adult changing tables for those with special needs. You can sign the petition without your name being publicly displayed. A link to the petition can be found in the show notes. Hey, it's me, Barney. Remember from that one time? I'm starting a podcast and I'd love for you to listen. It is the least you could do. Especially if you're like me and being kinky made you feel like the weirdest, strangest, loneliest person in the world. It's called The Big Top, and each week I'm going to be discussing a particular topic to do with fetish and kink. I'm going to be discussing my own bizarre kinks and journey of self-discovery, as well as talking with guests about theirs and covering issues within the kink community. Oh yes, there'll be guests. Wonderful, beautiful, charming, horny guests furiously trying to upstage me on my own podcast with 
mild to moderate success. When I'm not busy rudely interrupting my guests, we'll take the time to cover some heavier material and share our experiences. So catch The Big Top on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. In fact, it would be pretty rude of you not to, and I will take it personally. The Big Top is produced by Playtime Studios with new episodes every Tuesday. Catch the first two episodes on Tuesday, the 16th of August. An ABDL featured in a New York Post web article says she never talked to them. Twitter user Marshmallow Kitty Cat said she did talk to a reporter from Media Drumworld, but never thought the article would be shared with other publications. The New York Post article headline reads, I'm a proud adult baby who wears diapers, but it is not about a sex fetish. The article circulated on social media, and some brought up that the article sheds a bad light on those ABDLs that do use diapers sexually. We will hear from Marshmallow Kitty Cat in a moment, but I wanted to bring in Ella, who shared the article on Twitter saying, You are not morally superior for being a non-sexual ABDL. Well, thank you, Ella, for coming to Newsy's Nook. Thank you for having me. So we're discussing the New York Post article about Marshmallow kitty cat who was featured in this article and how you know she says she's an adult baby who wears diapers but it's not about sex what was your reaction to the article well i'd say my immediate reaction was probably irritation (laughs) um i think that when i first read it uh and reading the part where she specified not a kink for her Um, Though I could understand maybe where that was coming from, uh, I was definitely aggravated at that choice of words. Then upon reading it a little bit more, I think that I kind of realized that based on the way that they wrote it out, it's pretty clear that they took a little bit of what she said out of context. But um, I think that ultimately my initial reaction and my initial thoughts on it was just that, you know, that's the main reason why people really discourage uh, the rest of us from going and talking to these media outlets is because you can say all the right things and they can still, you know, put your words in a way that doesn't represent you or the rest of us. Um, and so, yeah, I guess my initial reaction was basically, why did you need to do this? (laughs) Do you think the response is why did she do the article or is the, or is your reaction more of like, why did they write it in in a way or why did why did you cover it where's where's the news in this article a little bit of all of it uh i definitely initially was more uh directed towards her specifically uh, i'm just kind of thinking what is there to gain for you upon you know choosing to do this and to speak to a vanilla media outlet um but additionally yeah it is also kind of uh, funny to see that that was the choice of news for the day. I guess it's not super atypical for the New York Post to not pick exactly uh, the most uh, newsworthy articles, but um, it was kind of weird how they chose to skew that. Um, whether it was skewed or not, it, it appeared to be to me somewhat, but um, I thought it was an interesting choice on both parties' part. Right, and then just so just so you know, what I found out recently, because we did talk about it after we conversed on Twitter, I contacted Marshmallow Kitty Cat, and she actually said she didn't talk to anyone from the New York Post about this article. At right. All. It was, uh, she spoke to who? It was someone, some, some other smaller one in like the UK, maybe I thought it was. I guess I'm, I will have her on um, next and get down to the bottom of that. But I also thought that was kind of 
kind of weird that, you know, the New York Post has this article, but she never talked to her. And that kind of makes me uncomfortable, too. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to my next question, you know, ABDLs, we've have we been in the mainstream media before we have what is your general? How do you think we've been betrayed by mainstream media? <sighs> it could be a lot better. Uh, I would say we've been lucky a few times, um, but in general, pretty poor representation of our community and of us as a group of people. I'd say that the best representation that we've ever had continues to be Riley Kilo. Uh, she appeared first in My Strange Addiction, and that was back at a time too where it was a lot easier to be kind of fooled into a more predatory news outlet like TLC. <laughs> um, and so she definitely kind of stumbled there, I would say, but then since then has clearly made a conscious effort to try to portray us in a very more genuine and honest way. Um, and I really appreciate every time that she's spoken to anyone. Um, she's done quite a few interviews with people on different mediums. Um, but beyond that, unfortunately, I can't say I can think of a whole lot of people that have done a great job. Um, grow Joey, what is his name? Joey Graceffa, we were just talking about him. Mm -hmm. um, I will never get his name right, but he did a very good YouTube video about us where she was also featured. Um, and I thought that that was pretty positive. But in general, personally, in my subjective opinion, we could do a lot better representation wise. How could how could it be better? You know, you brought up um, Riley and and their portrayal has been, you know, pretty good. What makes good representation for ABDLs? What do you think could be better if you if you were the ones if you were the one pulling the strings and making it happen how would how would you do the portrayal i think that riley specifically is a great example of how to do it pretty perfectly um i think that why she does it so well is because she acknowledges every part of this experience and this experience is different for everyone else. ABDL is obviously different for every individual person. Uh, for some people, it can be highly sexual only. And for some people, it has no element of sex. For some people, it's more of a mental health something for them. For other people, it's just kind of a fun hobby. And all of those representations are still true representations of what it is to be an ABDL because we're all part of the same community doing the same crap. And I think that she does an excellent job of acknowledging all of those parts equally and with a lot of respect uh, while acknowledging specifically the fact that it that this is a kink too um and that's not to say you know kink is one thing or the other either that can be a very variable uh term for a lot of people as well but it still is an alternative lifestyle kink um and i think that stressing all of those different factors and trying to be inclusive of everyone's experience is the best way to be a good representation of all of us Right. Um, have you been following up on the what's happening with my inner baby? I have been. So you kind of so just to refresh the audience, what's happening right now is my inner baby, um, the city of Noblesville, I believe is the name. It's in Indiana City, wants to reclassify their their store as a sex shop, which is mm -hmm. causing a huge controversy and there's money involved. And, you know, you brought up in our in our conversations, how in this article, Marshmallow Kitty, you know, is saying like, I'm an ABDL, but it's not for sex. So my question to you is, is there anything wrong with ABDLs who enjoy the sexual aspect? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it definitely 
perturbs me <laughs> when people try to say that there is something wrong with it, specifically people in our own community. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. Right, because I think when I was scrolling through your Twitter, you actually have a Just for Fans and you make some pretty steamy content, don't you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> so do you, going with the the line of my inner baby, do you do you see where the city could classify it as a sex shop? It's one of those hard things, right? It's like for some it is, for some it's not. So how do you how do you blatantly classify something when it could be both, right? Like bars could be sexual, right? How many times have you made out in a bar, but they're not sex shops? It's a good point. And I think it is, uh, there's probably no right answer at the end of the day. Um, I think that given the nature of the conversation, you're trying to categorize something that is hard to categorize anyway within a capitalistic, you know, legal setting uh, that's going to be complicated and probably never perfect. But at the same time, I do kind of understand why it would be viewed that way. Um, I think that to deny that there's an element of sexuality that's inherent to a lot of this, whether it is for anyone personally, uh, is maybe a bit uh, short-sighted, to put it nicely. Um, I think that, though, this is clearly not something sexual for everyone all of the time. And, and as someone who's a very sexual ABDL, for the record, a good portion of this is non-sexual for myself as well. Uh, so I completely understand the appeal to this from that angle. But regardless, I think that to I think that to deny the reality that there is a sexual uh, tone to a lot of this uh, as a community goes, um, I don't think that that's accurate. I do think that what's going on with my inner baby is very discriminatory, and them trying to uh, paint the shop as maybe being something more taboo and more uh nefarious than it is it it's clearly discriminatory uh no doubt about it but at the same time it, that's why it's so complicated is because i can definitely also understand why on an objective level you would look at that shop and say well that's clearly to cater to a sexual interest maybe not for everyone but for a lot of people for sure it's pretty complicated right and i know the local paper has has documentation on how they're kind of using the my inner baby business as a way to get rid of this deal. They're almost kind of they're almost reaching for the stars and they grabbed for like the lowest hanging fruit to kind of, you know, back out of this deal. Moving on though, you know, you have a just for fans making steamy content. Do you ever get backlash from other ABDLs in your in your ABDL bubble um for you being sexual? You know, I do, unfortunately. Um it's not something that I would say happens too much um I and mean, i guess it's too much because it happens at all <laughs> but nothing too severe um it's it's really unfortunate because i feel like because of the fact that i make sex sexual content um a lot of people will use that to discount my own views on this community and on this fetish and the reality is that whether or not i did this i actually was a part of this community for years before i ever monetized or made any type of content of that nature um and even if I didn't, you know, I would still be a valid member of this community, but there are people that genuinely will tell me you're not, you don't have the right to comment on this, or you don't have the right to have an opinion on this, or you don't have the right to speak on this. And it's really unfortunate because actually a good portion of what is, you know, builds our community are the people that are putting work into the community. I work hard to create the content that I do and whether or not Others look at it with, you know, any amount of merit doesn't discount the fact that a lot of people actually do. And because sex is a big part of this community, 
to create sexual content definitely contributes to the culture and to the community. And if anything makes you more valid member than anything, but there are definitely an unfortunate uh, group of people who would like to say otherwise <laughs> and tell me, uh, unfortunately, with some relative frequency. <laughs> right. And then going back to the whole media thing, right? You have 12.4 thousand followers on Twitter. That's just, a, that's an insane number. Do, insane, do you ever wake up and be like, wow, there are 12.4 thousand <laughs> people who look at my content? I do. And every day it's a different feeling on <laughs> how that makes me feel. Um, it's, it's really neat, but it also is sometimes, uh, shocking even to me, even though it's something I've been doing for quite a while. Uh, <laughs> do you ever curtail or maybe not post something? Cause you're like, Oh, that doesn't, that doesn't go with my brand. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Um, but I also, it's, it's a tricky thing to do. I, I've tried to make my brand something that is very personal and very authentic to myself because it makes the whole job a lot more enjoyable and a lot easier. Um, but at the same time, yeah, there are times where I'm a little bit worried to post something. Maybe uh, people don't realize just how much of a <laughs> gross diaper girl that I am. But I think at this point, people have definitely acknowledged it. <laughs> definitely can pick up the hint. Uh, I try not to hide too much of my fetish, at least uh, from my work uh, and from the 12 point whatever people that follow me. That's so insane. Uh, I actually didn't even realize that it was that high until you said that. Um, <laughs> it's, it can be, it can be difficult to know what to share and when uh, with such a volume of people watching, but it is usually pretty rewarding. <laughs> Do you think it's just insane how like at the end of the day, we're just people who like wear diapers and piss and shit, shit ourselves. <laughs> so the fact that we can use the word, you know, brand followers, thousands, it just like, I don't know, sometimes it dawns on me and I'm like, that just seems insane. And it, and it, and so my question to you is like, do you think there's anything wrong being a complicated brand? Is there anything wrong being like a cute, a cute diaper girl who wears, who just posts like cute cuddly photos, but then like maybe every now and then posting one pic of you totally going ham on your diaper and just enjoying <laughs> it to the fullest? No, I love that. I, I love to see the full spectrum of our, all of us as individuals. And I think that it benefits all of us on a personal level, uh, you know, interpersonally in this community, seeing each other be fully fleshed people, individuals that, you know, exist both ends of the spectrum of ABDL and outside of it. Um, I think that that, brings a lot of enrichment to the community and uh is good you know on the topic earlier we were saying about you know fully representing all sides of this fetish i think a lot of people dip their toes into different portions of this obviously um and i think it's important that we show as many sides of those interests as we feel comfortable doing um there's definitely some girls that in the past couple years I never would have thought would come out with some crazy diaper sex you know uh hot photo set or something and it's cool to see because it's cool to see somebody who I maybe was previously thinking would never do something like that enjoy this fetish to the fullest for them I think it's a really beautiful thing no I totally agree and I do the same thing there are some kinks that I'm like that I'm into that I'm like I don't I don't want to be like <laughs> judged for it but then at the end of the day i'm like twitter is just like it's just a porn site like <laughs> yeah <laughs> who cares who cares what i'm getting my socks off on 
you know, I just want to be able to go find it later. That's why I want to retweet, retweet it or like, like it. Um, <laughs> can I ask you what other kink communities do you, do you, are you a part of? Yeah, um, I'm somewhat active in the spanking scene. Um, I, not so much as of late, but in the last year or so, I was getting involved with that. Um, it's interesting to see the similarities and differences between ABDL and other communities and how similar they are, but also how different they are. Um, I think that that's probably what I'm the most active in community wise. Um, I find that some of the other kinks that I personally have don't necessarily have communities behind them, which is another interesting difference. Um, this fetish definitely creates uh, community and culture in a way that not everyone does. So. That's so interesting. What can you say at least one kink that doesn't have a community? I, oh, and actually maybe I'd kind of ruffle feathers for saying it. Um, Cause I guess there is technically a community, but um, I am really into feederism. It's like the fetish of weight gain. It's one of my earliest kinks that I've ever had along with ABDL. And there is somewhat of a community there. There are people that talk and post and, you know, there's something that exists, but it's nothing to the level of ABDL, you know, Capcom, uh, you know, every new con that's popping up every other week, house parties all the time. Like it, it's a very different type of community. It's not quite as physically active um, in the way that ABDL is. That's so interesting because my last guest, Bro Sitter, is also part, is also very into the feeder weight feeder oh. weight gain community. So there there are definitely them out there. Maybe it's just they don't have an acronym, so it's hard to like say like <laughs> I'm part of this. It doesn't roll off the tongue as easy. But now that I know that you're into the spanking scene, the feeder scene, have you ever hid your ABDLness to that community? Oh, I have. Yeah. It's not something I would advocate for doing, but it's something I have done. <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because Crib the Rebel on Twitter posted this posted this tweet and he basically asked, is hiding your love for diapers out of fear of being judged? If you're active in kink communities, contributing to the stigma surrounding diaper fetishism, diaper fetishism. So my question to you is, do you feel like when you hide your your love for diapers to these communities, does that contribute to the stigma against diapers? You know, I say I, I would say that it does, uh, unfortunately, contribute to that. I also wouldn't really blame anyone for hiding that uh love in those communities depending on you know where you are i've i would also say I tr i've tried to be active in some bdsm communities uh in my life and that's gone over you know different results uh at different times I i've been pretty lucky um but i know a lot of other people who have been trying to be involved in like a general bdsm kink scene and have been rejected because they're open about being into diapers and ABDL. And so I don't really blame anyone for hiding that away. However, the unfortunate consequence that I do think exists is that you're kind of telling those people that it's something worth hiding. You're telling those people, whether you know, you're telling them or not, your actions are saying, I feel the need to hide this because there's something wrong with it. Um, and I think that that does contribute to a general stigma. And I think that the more that in, you know, the appropriate context of uh, kink communities like BDSM or wherever else, uh, I think it's very appropriate and necessary that when we all feel comfortable enough to do so, that we're open about being into this because uh, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with this. And a lot of people will tell you so, obviously, any APDL knows that, but there isn't anything wrong with this. And 
to be able to share this interest with other kinky people should be something we all get the benefit of being able to experience and it's something that we should all push for. No, I totally agree. And it's one of those and I brought this up to you when we were discussing before the interview. It's such a it's such an open ended question. And it doesn't take really anything into account, right? It doesn't take in environments, environments are very big on making decisions, right? If you live in, um, I'm just gonna generalize middle of America, where being gay is all maybe even something that is kind of scary to come out, come out, you know, maybe saying your ABDL probably isn't the best to disclose. Or, you know, maybe you're in a new bar that you're not aware of surrounded by people you don't know, and you don't know how they're going to react. Maybe those are situations that maybe you don't feel like you're able to disclose. And so this question is very open ended, and it doesn't really take any of those things into account. Mm -hmm. But I totally agree with you. I, and I kind of, it reminds me of when I talk to people who are trans, right? It's not up to other people to say when you should disclose. It's up to that person to disclose, you know, their transness. It's up to that person to disclose who they feel comfortable saying, I'm ABDL, I like diapers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Ella for coming to Newsies Nook and talking about the article, talking about media, talking about press and talking about our love for diapers. Thank you so much. It's been awesome to chat with you about all this. I definitely have a lot of opinions on all of it. So I appreciate the space to ramble on and thanks for having me. Of course, bye. Bye. ABDLs and media have never been shed in the best of light and articles featuring ABDLs in the community have felt more clickbaity than informative. I would even say that these articles have actually contributed to the stigma surrounding diaper fetishism. In this episode, I give Marshmallow Kitty Cat a chance to tell her side of the story regarding this media mishap. Well, thank you, Kitty Cat, for coming to Newsy's Nook. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So we are going over that New York Post article that... that was published recently, and you told me that you actually never talked to the New York Post. Can you explain the situation? Yeah, that's right. Actually, um, this story was something I did almost a year ago, last September, um, with a journalist from um, an agency called Media Drum World. Um, she was based in the UK, and one of the conditions that I gave her when uh, we were doing the interview was that that agency would not publish the story or give it out to anyone in North America. And um, she's no longer working there. I, I asked her about it and I guess, you know, it changed hands and, or I don't know, it got published over here almost a year later. She didn't know about it. I didn't know about it. So it kind of came out of the blue for me. And I had like people up in my DMs, like, how dare you? And like, you know, you're giving us a bad name and like, you know, I had other people reach out like with supportive comments, like, you know, thanks for telling your story. Like, you know, I was never brave enough to like accept this or what, you know, you know, there's a lot of people that felt the same way that I did. Like they had a similar, like, you know, since childhood, it's just kind of been like, you know, present in their lives. Um, right. Yeah. What was your reaction, though, seeing it? Like, were you... The New York Post article, I was not happy. I was not happy because there's a reason I didn't want um, them to publish it over here because 
I'm actually from the East Coast. There's like a chance that someone reading it could recognize me. There's like, I don't know. I, I really wasn't thrilled about it um, because like I honestly sort of regretted doing the whole thing like a few months afterwards. And I was like, you know, I was happy that it only, when it first got published, it ended up in the mirror, like mm -hmm. the UK. Um, I think it's just like a web website. I don't think they do like a, like a publication, but right. um, it was just in there and maybe like some other um, smaller places. And I thought it would just, it was just all gone. And now it came back. Um, and yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. Um, I just don't want anyone else in the community to like, um, you know, just have a bad opinion about me because they see me in that article. Right. Especially if you weren't expecting it to be published here. And that no. is a great fear that I know a lot of ABDLs feel they don't want to be outed. That's why you see a lot of like blank profiles or a lot of profiles without their face. Yeah, on them. I gave them my real name and I wouldn't have done that. Um, I guess ooh, I'm not supposed to say that. Don't look up the article and check out my name. <laughs> um, let's go into why do you think they reached out to you? The the journalist like over a year ago. Right at Media they Drum World. They weren't the only one to do that. They were like the third journalist. I don't. I really don't know because I only started posting like last August. Um, mm -hmm. Like it's, I've, you know, I've known about these feelings since I was like, you know, nine years old, but I only like really was like, all right, you know, I'm an adult baby. I can't change it. You know, I only really accepted it and embraced it last year. And I started posting on Instagram um, last August and um, they reached out to me over my DMs and like, um, I don't know, you know, there's, there's plenty of people trying to scan you out on the internet. So I'm always skeptical about that sort of thing. So like, it wasn't until like the second or third one that I was like, sure. Um, so I'm not sure if like, um, they were looking for people to interview or if there was something about my profile that attracted them, but, um, she was not the only person who reached out to me requesting an interview at that time. Mm -hmm. Like it all happened within like a few weeks. And I was like, sure, you know what? I'm just telling my story. What, what could be the harm in that? And like, I didn't, like I said, I didn't want it um, to be published in the US and um, yeah, that happened anyway. Right. When, when this journalist did reach out to you, did they give their intentions of why they wanted to interview you? Did they say like, hey, I'm interested uh, in doing an article on X, Y, and Z and you, yeah, and I want to yeah, talk to so you about X, Y, and Z? They were looking for um, people with alternative lifestyles, which I guess, um, like I know you know, in the community, a lot of people call it like a kink or whatever, but I, I mean, I get it. I'm not going to deny that it is, but for me, I feel like it's more of a lifestyle. So I was like, yeah, sure. It's like, I guess, you know, that's the life I live, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yes, they were looking for like, um, yeah, that's, that's basically was literally it, like alternative lifestyles. Um, right. 
I, she didn't, she might've given me examples for other stories that she'd done, but I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what they were, but like, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, she seems pretty respectful about it. Like she let me define things in my own terms. And like when she was editing it, she was like, is this okay? Or is this not okay? And I was like, there was definitely like a whole like sentence. I was like, just get rid of that whole thing. <laughs> so she actually allowed you to read the unpublished article just so you could tailor it to like the most yeah. just way that you felt like you could be presented. Um, like I, you know, I couldn't overhaul the whole thing, but I was definitely like, yeah, if you could leave out that part, <laughs> that would be great. Or like, you know, cause it's like, you know, um, everything can be perceived in different ways, especially just as text on the internet. Like, you know, especially if you're just reading a headline, then you don't get anything from it. You're just like, oh, look at this, this, this weird girl. Right. Well, let's go into what let's go into the headline because the headline of the article in the New York Post says I'm a proud adult baby who wears that was not the headline. <laughs> oh, they even changed the headline. Oh, my gosh. Well, let me let me just say it just for those that haven't read it. The headline sure. in the New York Post says I'm a proud adult baby who wears diapers, but it's not about a sex fetish. And you brought up that you think of it as an alternative lifestyle. And we were talking Those were her words, actually. Right. Her words, alternative lifestyle. And we were talking about before the interview how you've gotten a little bit of backlash for people who do use ABDL as a sexual outlet. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess I could see how um, they weren't really like specifying, hey, I'm angry because, you know... I, you know, that that's how I feel about it. And, you know, I feel like you're, you know, singling me out. It was just like people just upset that the community's being talked about at all, really. Right. What's, what's your opinion, though, on those that are ABDL and this is just a sexual, like it's not a lifestyle for them? It's, yeah, just I mean, a I, I'm best friends with a DL. Like, I don't, like there's nothing wrong with it. Everyone's different. Even like, you know, ABs have, you know, different, you know, stories and, you know, ways they experience the, you know, the kink, the lifestyle. Um, so, you know, it's, we're all, we're all in the same club. <laughs> right. And it, and the more we talk to each other about this, it kind of seems like it's really hard to encapsulate a kink within one article, right? Like, let's go into uh, one of the one of the figures that gets brought up in the article is you spend one hundred twenty dollars on diapers. Where they, we were talking before the interview, that's just a number that you kind of guessed. It's not like a hardcore number. Yeah, no, I was like, so like I said back then, I was like, just you know, in the middle of a phone call, like, all right, how much is a case? And at the time, like, I was just getting into it, and I was buying like you know, multiple like um, accessories, articles of clothing a month. It was like, you know, a case plus whatever. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, 120. Um, right. Let's go into, so now that you had this experience, would you do it again? Would you talk to a media outlet? I don't think so. Just because the one, the one promise I really cared about 
um, was like, you know, her saying that it wouldn't get published over here. And it, she didn't break that promise personally, but the people that she worked for that actually owned the article, they did it anyway. So um, I don't know if you do just be very careful about what you say, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not really like someone that's gonna, you know, I don't, I don't think this is like a secret society with like fight club rules or anything. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, exposing to vanillas is like, you know, you know how most people feel about that. Um, I think it's more appropriate if you're like, you know, talking to someone that you're close with and like, you know, you're talking about kinks or fetishes or whatever. And, you know, that's when it would be appropriate to bring it up outside of the community. But um, I don't know, I definitely wouldn't, I wouldn't do another interview and I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> right, especially if they're outside of the community and they don't fully understand yeah, like the whole this, this depth. Is not, yeah, I meant, you know, um, for like a mainstream media, media um, like, you know, news source, I wouldn't do that. This, this is a lot different. Let's go into mainstream media. How do you think we're portrayed in the mainstream media? Um, I guess I haven't really seen too much about us in the media. I, I guess we're just some kind of like fringe group that, you know, everyone's pretty ignorant about. And um, I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just like they don't know anything and nobody really wants to go <laughs> Mm -hmm. um you know researching about it um but i don't know it's i have like i said i haven't seen much um recently outside of um my coverage but it's like you know they're just like i guess it's one of those things where it's like hey look at this this you know weird this weird person doing this weird thing isn't she so weird like i don't know if if it's like a spectacle or uh, um, or if they actually view it as like a valid alternative lifestyle, it's hard to tell because it's just like, I'm not sure if they even care to them. It's just an article that they write. Right. A little, it almost feels a little bit clickbaitish. Yeah, it's, impersonal. it's very impersonal. It's very clickbaity because we were talking about that headline. It's a pretty crazy headline and that's totally different than the one I got last year. Do you think this article I, I never saw the Media Drum article, so I can only talk about the New York Post article. Do you feel I like this New York Post? What was that? I could try to look it up real quick. Um, oh, okay. I was just going to ask, do you feel like this New York Post article does you justice as a person? Um, To be honest, I did not read it. <laughs> no, you were like, I'm pissed off. I'm not going to read that. No, no. I lived through that already once, and when I saw it coming back, I was just like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not going to hurt me if I read it. I was just like, you know. Right. Let's go into, do you think, a, I mean, you gave kind of advice, like, you know, kind of sort out why someone might be interviewed, but do you feel like ABDL should talk to the media if approached? I mean, like I said, just if you're going to do it, I'm not going to tell you whether it's right or wrong. Um, I personally wouldn't do it again after my experience, but like, mm -hmm. if you wanted to do it, just be careful. Like I would, you know, maybe 
prepare a little bit. Um, cause I, I was just like, sure, let's, let's talk. You know, I, I wasn't really like writing down my thoughts or anything. Um, I would, you know, just choose your words carefully, maybe. Um, and, you know, make sure you're getting across the message you want to get across. Um, right. And, and it, it's so hard too, because, you know, when, when you do say yes to interviews and you do expect one thing, as we've learned in this situation, it could turn into something totally different. And then you're like, wait, that's not what I agreed to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it totally just, um, you know, turned this whole crazy thing that, you know, before, before July, I didn't even, you know, if you told me I was going to be the New York Post, I would have been, what? Excuse me? You're like, no way. Not for any good reason. Let's go into, because, you know, this seems like a balancing act of, you know, you're very open on Twitter about your ABDLness and you show your face and everything. And a question that was brought up by a good friend of mine, Crib the Rebel, was, is hiding your love for diapers out of fear of being judged if you're active in kink communities contributing to the stigma surrounding diaper fetishes? diaper fetishism what do you um, think about that question i like like i said earlier if you're like talking to some close friends and you're having that type of discussion anyway and like you know you're just not gonna bring it up because you're afraid of getting judged then yeah because you know i mean i'm not gonna compare it to any other kind of like st struggle over social stigma but people not knowing about it is, you know, it's not going to help you in any way. Like if you have people that actually care about you and they know about it, um, you know, that's, that's the first step to having, you know, a society where it's not as crazy because, you know, there's a handful of people who are like, yeah, my friend's into that, but they're, they're normal, you know, I mean, yeah. I don't know. So you have nearly 11,000 followers on Twitter. Do you feel like you posting pictures, you showing your face, do you think that helps fight the stigma of ABDL? I mean, that's not why I'm doing it. Um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people before I even had the article come out, they're like, you know, you're amazing. Like, I, I could never show my face. Like, you know... And, you know, it feels good to read that stuff. Um, I guess because I know I see there's like, even some very popular content creators on Twitter and Instagram, they will never show their face. And that's, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, rag on anybody for that because that's a personal decision. Um, I guess personally, I didn't care enough. Mm -hmm. And I thought my pictures were better when I, had my face so i was like you know what we're gonna do it um because like i'm not afraid like the new york post thing is a little scary because that's like mainstream media like literally 
but what I'm doing, someone ha would have to go on Twitter looking specifically for this because I don't even use hashtags anymore. They would have to go digging pretty hard to find my account. Mm -hmm. um, and at that point, it's like, I don't care if you recognize me. You basically out yourself if you, if you do that. Uh, if you, you know, they're like, oh, I know you from Twitter. I'm like, oh, D. <laughs> You're like you must know something. You must and I know be what that means interested about in it. you. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. You've got a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go into because this is a question I get asked a lot. Like, um, the decision to show your face. Can I ask you what made you? Well, you kind of touched on it. You thought your pictures were better when you did show your face. Did you have any thoughts of like, ooh, I don't want to be outed that much. Do I lose control of who knows if I show my face? There was. So like I said, I started posting last August. There was like a brief moment. There was like that first week where I was taking pictures and I'm not sure if it was like the like count or I was just like, I don't know. This is the vibe I want my posts to have. Mm. Like I felt like, um, you know, not, not to single out DLs or anything, but I wanted it to be more about me than just what I'm wearing down there, you know? Um, right. And a lot of, you know, content creators, that's like the focus and there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of my posts have, you know, the diaper and the focus anyway, but um, I don't know. I just like having, like, I want to show off my makeup and my hair and my cat ears, mm -hmm. you know, if, what would, there wouldn't be a point in calling myself marshmallow kitty cat if nobody could see my ears and i don't know um got cute pacifiers and stuff like that um i think it's more fun like i feel like i can do more more with it like right making with my content i take all my own pictures and i'm living at home so like lighting and camera angles are a huge problem for me that's why a lot of my pictures kind of look similar um but once i live with my girlfriend i think um that'll change mm. so that's exciting oh you'll change whether you <laughs> take pictures if when your girlfriend moves in with you well no i think so she'll be taking pictures of me instead of me taking my own pictures oh you're gonna use her to take your pictures it's a huge difference if you have someone take your pictures compared oh, of to course. Like, using the selfie cam. Like I, <laughs> I don't know. It's a struggle sometimes. I have to like sit there in the same pose, like waving at my phone to start the countdown. Mm -hmm. um, Does she? But, I'm guessing she knows your ABDL and loves that about mama. you. Oh, she's your mama. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna see her tomorrow. Oh, fun. Uh, one more question on showing your face. Let's say I'm a new ABDL and I feel the same way. I feel like my pictures look better with my face. Do you have any advice or things that I should be weighing in my head, whether I post face pictures versus not post posting face pictures? Yeah, I guess, like I said, like, you know, if you're going to use your face, like, you know, you're making content. So make it the best you can be like, you know, wear your, pa your pacifier that matches the rest of your outfit. And um, I don't know, just uh, be the best baby you can be. 
<laughs> Relating it back to the article, after this article has come out, are you going to continue to post face pictures? I still do. Still do. So that this this article really hasn't hasn't hurt you yeah, in that I, way. It made me like a little depressed for a couple of days, but I was like, this is lame, but I can't just dwell on it, you know. Um like I even considered just not making content ever for like that weekend. I was like, do I even want to keep doing this? Like, I mean, yeah, I do. And then final question on this article, has this article, I, I know a big fear for a lot of people is, you know, if they find out it's going to affect my quote unquote adult life, right? Our, our pedestrian life. Has this article affected your pedestrian life in any way? I don't think so. Um, I mean, like nobody asked me about it, like in my social circle or like at work or anything. I even like some of my friends who don't know, I was like, like I dropped a hint. I was like, there's this New York Post article about me and I'm kind of like pissed and they didn't say anything back, but I don't know if they went looking or not. Um, so I don't know. Um, I don't, I want to say it didn't. I mean, it, it ruined a few days of like one week in July, but I don't think it did much other than that. So you would say you've kind of moved on from it in your, in your, yeah. Um, yeah, I consider, like I said, I considered like drastically, you know, reducing the amount of content I make or like stopping, but I was like, you know, that's not going to make me happy. So. Right. And ABDL makes you happy. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kitty Cat, for coming to Newsy's Nook and saying your side of the story. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Bye. Take care. <laughs> Marshmallow Kitty Cat has given me permission to post links to the New York Post article and the Media Drum World article in the show notes. All right, kiddos, who of my listeners are locked right now? If you are locked, could you please message me and give me support? I did a Twitter poll recently, and I am locked for the next 30 days, and I need all the help I can get. Extra points if you send me videos of you packing your pamps. Also, if you want to support this podcast, feel free to subscribe to my Just For Fans. That is where I post all of my steamy content. And make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at NewsyBaby. All right, kiddos, I need to go change. See ya. Bye. Ha, it's no secret that I'm a mega soaker. Sometimes I just put on a diaper, drink a little water, and bam, I'm leaking all over the place. And I'm left thinking, is it me? Am I the soaker? And then I found North Shore's Megamaxes. Have you seen them? They say they can last up to 12 hours. 12 hours, I know! And they come in a variety of colors like white, pink, tie-dye, and blue. My favorites is blue. And the best part is it's anti-odor, so I can be my little stinker self all I want. If you want to get your grabby hands on them, just look in the show notes of this episode. I got you. It's like what North Shore always says. Be dry, be confident, be you.